Just press say hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. Welcome to the Circle of Dads. I'm Ryan Young. I'm your host, and I'm here today at Herb's Coffee Shop in Dallas. Thanks, That's right. Yep. Herb's, yeah. And uh, I'm with my buddy Dean Zhu. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time to meet with me today, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's an honor. Right on. So we were just talking briefly about, uh, about you and your setup and kind of how your family is structured, and, and we can get into that. First, why don't you tell me about yourself? Yeah, you bet. Um, my name is Dean Zhu. I'm a father of four daughters. So, you know, we are in the thick of it. And no, I don't think I'll ever not be in the thick of it. Right. But um, it's such a it's such a blessing to to be a a father to four young women to steward that. And so, um, uh, my wife and I we live in Dallas. Our kids are twelve, ten, almost four, and two. So we've got the whole spread right now. And so we're kind of going through all we're going through puberty through toddler. So it's a it's a good. Every day is a little bit different. Um, my wife is a photographer, and she she does Young Living Essential Oils, so she's into that. And we call it the oil business. And then people are always like, oh, what kind of oil? But oh, essential oils. And so, oh, okay, not that. And for me, um, I am, I'm a graphic designer. I used to own a bunch of CrossFit gyms and kind of retired out of that. And so still love to move my body, still love fitness, but kind of taking it into a different different path and um just it's a good time for me to just kind of focus a lot on uh, my graphic design work and helping my wife and just really honestly at the end of the day just being around a lot to raise the kids we we both can work from home and do work from home as much as possible so i mean we just love it i mean it's a struggle and it's hard but man i wouldn't have it any other way you know did you um you know, because I didn't, I didn't realize that you were out of the CrossFit business. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way we met was was through yeah. uh, CrossFit Dallas Central, and then I um, was there, right? Mm-hmm. And and then you know, did some work together as far as graphic work for various things that I had going on, and and um, so I hadn't realized that you were out of that. What made you make that decision? Um, what, did it happen before you? got married to Kelly or was it after? No, I mean, it, it, this has been fairly recent. I mean, I would say in the last couple of years, it, it just, uh, for me personally, and then just with with my family, like things change a little bit. We felt a, a, I know for me, there was a different calling on my life where, and again, I love CrossFit. I love CrossFit Dallas Central. I've got, I'm still, I'm, I was just there working out. So right. there's, and Sam and Spencer, they're like my closest friends. So there's no love lost there at all. I think most of the time when people hear that, they feel like there's got to be some kind of, well, what happened? Like, what's the fallout? Like, who, who did what? Like, there's got to be some drama. There's, right. And there's like, I, unfortunately, there's no drama there. It's probably, but anytime you have kind of an ending, I mean, it, it impacts people. I mean, it's, it was, it wasn't the, it was a little sad for me to kind of actually hang it up and say, Hey, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. But yeah, about a couple of years ago, I just felt this calling to, you know what, there's, there's just something different than I, I need to be doing. 
um, this was a great season in my life, and it's something that um, it was kind of a, a chapter kind of coming to a close, time to write a new chapter. We, we've, especially at home, there's more needs with some of our other kids that I wanted to personally focus on, and um, Kelly was getting into a different season in her life too, and I wanted to be very supportive of that. Um, we got really involved in our church, and so I just felt there's something there's something different. I don't even want to use the term more, because that usually refers to something wasn't satisfying or fulfilling. I mean, CrossFit for the season of life that I was in was 100% fulfilling as a career, as an outlet. I mean, hey, I met most of, like you said, like we, we had a relationship through that. That's how we met. I mean, this wouldn't have happened without it. Right. Honestly, I credit that to my graphic design business. I started doing graphic design because it was more of an in-house thing just to because I could do it. Like, why, why outsource it? And then right. that, that launched my, my graphic design business. That's where I met Kelly. So, I mean, all these things I have, I have to credit me being in CrossFit for. But, you know, just the side of gym ownership and, and being a coach, it's just, um, it's just kind of evolved and changed and so it's it's been like i said it's always bittersweet i like how you use the word seasons mm -hmm. because um you know on my notes whenever i write down whoever i want to interview i'll jot down kind of you know why i think they would fit in this podcast or or why i would be interested in talking to them and seasons was one of them because i've kind of just watching through the social media window you know you see the seasons that you've gone through and I think my opinion is that a lot of men don't realize that we have seasons. You know, you change and you shift. I mean, you're not always going to be exactly where you are right now. And if you try to hang on to that one thing, you're, I mean, you're not going to, you're, you're either going to rob yourself of what's coming around the corner or you're just going to strangle that thing, you know? So being able to transition from one season to the next with, uh, I guess grace is is uh, is is something that I've seen you do, and it's pretty impressive. For instance, not knowing that you weren't in the gym business anymore, you know, that's just it just kind of happened, you know. And like I, I we were talking today, uh, just before this about how you just I saw pictures appear, and I was like, is that those his nieces? I don't understand. <laughs> So, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, somehow? you bet. No, I mean, the, no, I, I mean, I appreciate you saying that about Grace uh, on this end of it, man. That that maybe I'm doing a good job setting up that image, but uh, there, I mean, internally behind closed doors, there's always oh, there's a, you know, it's like a duck, right? You see a duck in in the water, it's just floating. So it's just like I'm just floating there, but if you look right under, it, the feet are just going nuts, and that's kind of what it is. No, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I think part of that. Um, I've never been, I've never been afraid to make, uh, I guess what, what from the outside looking in would be a big change because I, I mean, it's just one of those things that when, when things hit me and for me uh, personally, it's when God tells me, Hey, there's something else. It's usually not, it, it, there comes a period where I'm fighting it, um, for a long time before I'm actually completely obedient to that calling. And so what that looks like is, it, it kind of is nice because it, it's like a long trajectory 
of like, it's like turning the volume down and just fading it out and then turning it back up and it's like an, another song, you know? But during that period, it's just me kind of battling, okay, what? It's never something where it's like, um, you know, I, I question what's next, but it's always, how do I, if I could, I would hold on to everything. You know, I'm, I'm a hoarder, man. Like, honestly, like ask my wife, go to our storage shed. And she's cleaning things out. I'm like, no, 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 no. no, wait, wait, wait. no I wore no. that T-shirt three years ago. Yeah. Oh, well, you haven't looked at it in three. I, I know. But I might. I'm now yeah. that I see it, I'm gonna wear it one more time. You know, and so it's like putting it on one. More, okay, okay, yeah, get rid of it. <clears throat> but so for me, it's like, yeah, and and honestly, being being such to where I think when you get to that point where, hey, it's time to make a change. The first thing I think about sometimes is like, what is the impact to the people around me with that change? And then going from there versus just saying, well, that's what I want to do. So I'm just going to do it, you know? And so I think sometimes with that, um, there's a little bit of that. I think it's good and bad. There's like a massaging of it to where you don't want to make too big of a wake, but then also are you drawing it out? So there's kind of a, a balance there. I mean, I've, I've gone through some big changes all the time in my life, and so I, I guess you, you can say I'm, I'm somewhat used to it now. Um, but again, yeah, you, you make a you bring up a really good point. I think guys in general are really afraid of changing seasons because I think part of it is, hey, that's my identity. Like mm-hmm. you start saying, man, my I everybody knows me as this person. They know me as this guy. He owns CrossFit Dallas, whatever it is. And I can't be another person there. And I think uh, when you get into that, you get into a slippery slope where then if you want to do something, you yourself are the probably the biggest obstacle from you making that adjustment. Where are you truly happy or are you just doing it because you're trying to uphold some image of who you are? Man, that speaks to me for sure. Yeah. You know, the, uh, um, I started the Tier 1 equipment mm-hmm. and that was a side thing, you know. And I put a lot of, I mean, Mm -hmm. there was a lot that went into it just to kind of not really gain any traction, but I was trying to do multiple things at once, you know, don't do several things, um, poorly, try to do one thing really well. Right. And, you know, so it took away from my main business, which is the welding company or the steel company. And it took forever or not forever. It took longer than it should have for me to shut that down. And, you know, my wife was really supportive of that, of, of, of the business and of me. She was really supportive of me shutting it down. But, like, I had the, you know, private gym that went with it. So I had guys that mm-hmm. would show up and we would work out every day. And so there was that fellowship. So I felt, you know, um, and I wasn't charging them for it. And so, you know, I'm sure you're very familiar of that kind of dynamic. Hell yeah. You, you, it's just another relationship you're stewarding. So you're like, if I stop this... I'm disappointing all these other folks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the irony of that is what I've known is people will be disappointed, but they'll forget quickly. It's us that kind of holds on to that for a long time. Um, again, it, a lot of it is just, I mean, it has a lot to do with, I mean, kind of the, the whole theme of this, right? Circle that's like, it has a lot to do with your upbringing. It has a lot to do with, for me, it had a lot to do with, uh, my relationship with my dad is based a lot on let me do something to impress you. And if I don't do that, that sense of disappointment is worse than you getting mad at me. 
So that relates into, and I'm not saying my dad did a bad job or whatever. That's just our dynamic. Sure. It is what it is. He did the best he could with what he was given. It's that, um, it's that continuing characteristic of our relationship that, you know, bleeds into your professional and other personal endeavors where everything you try to do is kind of like a, well, if I don't want to disappoint anybody, so I'll stick around a little longer. Or, you know what, uh, I, I got to be here a little longer and volunteer because if I don't, then they'll, they'll think I'm, I don't like them. It, again, it, it, I think once you take yourself out of the equation and you look at just the landscape of what would it be like if you weren't here, it, you, you, can, you can see a slightly clearer picture. And then really, you're just like, okay, it's really just me just, again, hanging on to stuff, you know? And so, yeah, and you mentioned uh, my family. So this is good. I love, so when you, like when most people see a picture of our family, we have, and this is the most, like, black and white we can, we can describe it. It's me. I'm full Asian. Our two oldest daughters, Lucy and Annie, they're full Asian. My wife, who is from Little Rock, Arkansas, so she can't be as, as white as she can be. <laughs> and so she's there. Blonde hair, blue eyes. She's just sitting right there. And then we have two kids that kind of look like uh, half and half of her and I, which is Frankie and Gigi. And they're, they're, uh, they're the babies. So the big girls were adopted from Vietnam with Kelly's previous marriage. So Kelly and her ex-husband adopted Lucy and um, Annie. They were adopted from the same orphanage, but they're not uh, blood sisters. So again, we'll get technical and get real kind of, it's kind of cold to talk about this, talk about it this way in the adoption world, but they are not blood siblings. They are siblings now, obviously, but they weren't from the same biological mother. Um, and then fast forward to Kelly and I, when we got married, so I'm technically their stepdad. And then Kelly and I have our biological kids together, which are Frankie and Gigi. Now, I know we're already like, people are like, oh, I can't follow you. You got to like write, you got to yeah, write get it up down. The paper. I have to write it down sometimes. And so it's a very interesting dynamic because Lucy and Annie look like they could be my kids a hundred percent. And so it's great because, and we we're just talking about this. They used to get, because, um, Kelly and her ex-husband, they're both Caucasian. So whenever they would take these babies somewhere, it was obvious. They're like, people were like, well, they wouldn't be, it's not that people are being ignorant to be offensive, but they become offensive because they're ignorant because they look at it and they just say things like, Oh wow, where did you get these babies? Or where are they from? <laughs> are they sisters? And you're going. And Kelly, man, bless her heart, she just like she is like the ultimate defender of her family. She will like she will cut somebody when she hears stuff like that. And you can just tell I can tell when she's she's like, Well, let me explain this to you and like just like lets them have it. But again, you get these comments and again, people aren't being rude. People aren't being uh, offensive. They're not being malicious. It's just that's curious. the first. They're curious. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, is there some sensitivity? Sure. But I think again, uh, you know, I think you, you look at it from the approach of, hey, you just you've never been in this situation. You've never seen this. I'll explain it to you. So next time, you're not quite as offensive, you know. And so it happens all the time. And so, but now the good thing is when we're in public, it's just like people scan us and like. Okay, they're with their his kids, and okay, she came along. Okay, whatever, and so we'll go on like literally years with people, and they're like, 
can you explain to us your setup? And we're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like now what we do is whenever we have the, the, the funniest is when we roll into uh, the new school year and we have new teachers and stuff and we go to school together and it's like meet the teacher night. So it's Kelly's uh, ex-husband and her fiance and his fiance and us. And they're just looking and they're like, they can't like the teachers cannot be more confused. And I love it. I was I was joking. I was like, man, you know what? One day we should roll in Kelly and I'll hold Justin's hand. And then that'll really throw everyone off. Like, what is happening? But um, no, we, we work around it so well. I mean, we um, obviously again as a every man has this pride and ego about being a, the the parent the dad but i got to give him a lot of credit he's handled everything with such grace and he's he's a great father and so there's that's a, such an interesting dynamic because the second again that i get upset or mad about how he's doing something over there ugh, i have to admit like a lot of it is because i'm thinking he's doing something wrong where he's not, he's just doing something different than I am. And you know, we're guys, like we, we're, we're possessive beings. We're very like, this is my territory. Like these are my kids. Like I don't wanna, I don't wanna share yeah. kind of thing. But when it comes down to it, I mean, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a sweet setup. And for him to be living a mile away too, it, it just eases that transition. It's never easy. It's a mile or a thousand miles away, a distance. Distance is distance, right? It's not a it's not a proximity matter. It's just a, a change in your routine. But I mean, it couldn't be any it couldn't be a better setup for us. Yeah. So Abby and her mom lived. Um, you know, they lived in Fort Worth with us, and then Abby's Abby's mom got remarried mm -hmm. to a um, a guy, and they lived out in a kind of more rural area, and they moved out there. And he's a great dude. Yeah, I mean, he's he and I are really different, but he's he's sure. a, he's a he's a super cool guy, super solid, and but you know, it got to where and we were both in Fort Worth, you know, but it's like someone saying, yeah, we both live in DFW. Yeah, right, that, right. that doesn't right. that could be like two hours apart. It really can be. Um, but it was a two-hour round trip for me to take her to school in the morning, you know, and so that was really hard. So we kept trying to move closer and closer and closer. And then she made a move, which put them like literally eight minutes from our house. Wow. And that's a game changer. Yeah. She moved, they moved her into a great school that's right by us. And it was just, it made everything so much easier. It didn't change the effort that I put into seeing her every day because, you know, I would gladly make that trip. I couldn't do it as often. Like it was hard. Sure. Um, stopping in for lunch and stuff like that because you know, I would right. be, I'd be gone from work for two hours. Right. But now it's, it's having us all so close together. I see more of a dime. Like we're all a family. That's cool. I mean, I treat my ex and, and, um, Justin, her new, her husband and his family, like their family, you know, because it's for the betterment of my daughter. Yeah. You know, I, I always say that we're Team Abby. Everybody's yeah, Team cool. Abby. That's great. And that's what I tell Abby. I'm like, hey, we're all Team Abby. She's a 12-year-old only child, and she's a girl, so there's a lot of emotions and things going on. And despite what you think, baby, we're all Team Abby. And so I look at it like that. How, how consistent is your parent? It's ironic. My wife's ex's name is Justin. Yours, Justin. So, yeah, we got a lot in common here. Um, 
how consistent is the is the parenting like are are there similar rules do you guys get together and talk and say hey we might need to do this you know the same way or let's be consistent because you know i find like with um with divorced families and then especially remarriages and new relationships i mean consistency becomes the one thing that is really really a, a positive for the for the kids you know so um because again, like you said, no matter how close you are, the consistency for you doesn't change in, in your efforts to see to see Abby, but have you guys, do you guys do things consistently? Is there some standard rules across the board or is it more just like, hey, your house, your rules, my house, my rules? Yeah, we don't, um, we don't do it like that anymore. What I've found, like you said, you know, men are possessive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess... I'll, I'll just speak from my experience. I can't speak for every yeah, guy. Sure. So there was a lot of hurt and there was a lot of, um, you know, problems in her mom and I's relationship. Um, most of them caused by my drinking and, and my past. Mm-hmm which is what led me to become to to get sober you know among other things and so that relationship had to be rebuilt and the trust had to be rebuilt and i had to i had to repair a lot of hurt there because you can't get past that because the reason i say that is to say this a lot of her reactions would have been based on the hurt instead of you know let's co-parent together to be consistent to, you know, she's like, well, um, my, my, my way is the best way, you know, not yours and vice versa. So when we finally got that all smoothed out and when we got over that hump, I remember having a, a phone call with her and it was like, you're the mother of my daughter. I don't want, I wouldn't want anybody else to be her mom. You will always have a piece of my heart. I will always love you. Clearly, we were not meant to be together. But, but whether you like it or not, we're going to be together because of this. And I just kind of changed the way that I, I came at her. So I say all that just to set it up and to say now we have a very consistent across the board, you know, Team Abby way of she gets it. She does not have any wiggle room. She's ADD and ADHD. Um, she's the only child. You know, uh, now she has like 37 grandparents. I mean, there's, there's a lot of yeah. them, you know. So we can't really control a lot as far as the grandparents. We can make requests. Sure, yeah. And, and, and grandparents are allowed to spoil. I mean, they're like, hey, you know what? Like, you see them go nuts. Like, my parents are the worst. But I'm like, they'll see you like four times a year. So... You want to like take them to Target and like shopping spree? Like, uh, what? Go for it. You yeah, know? there are some things that we we ask of the, of of them. Like, um, no, don't give her sodas. Yeah, things yeah. like that. No, you can't have ice cream for lunch. Right. You know, and 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 just simple things like because you're going to be the one that has to pay for it. Correct. They pass it off and you're like, all right, that was fun. Here you go. Yeah. Hopped up on candy and electronics and toys. Go for it. Yeah. And she's like a drunk little Right, right. That literally is. Yeah. And she, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but now, so 
my ex Jess and I, uh, we talk a lot. We, we, we have, we talk on the phone three or four times a week, just kind of relaying what's going on. That's great. You know, and, and, and Abby, uh, we finally had to put her on medication for her ADD. Mm-hmm. We tried every other thing we could think of, you know, rubbing her down with oils, doing this, yeah. teaching her to meditate. Sure. Just none of it was working. So we medicated her and we saw an instant change, but, but that also has some side effects. So we're communicating those side effects and we decided Man, you know, we're going to transition her off and talking back and forth. And we couldn't do that if we didn't work on our own relationship, you know, and, and I think that's what's important. And what this podcast kind of speaks to me about is you can't do those things unless you're willing to work Man, on yourself. That, that's, that's, uh, you're, you're dead on. I mean, there, you know, from what you've, from what I know about your past and what I've, heard you talk about and what we've talked about together there is definitely more of a personal internal transformation as a parent specifically as a dad to let some of that stuff go yeah. uh, I'm part of it is you know when you talked about your drinking and how you would act in response to that and not in response to what is truly the best I, I think that transcends just even I mean I think addictions really magnify that but that can literally be anything else. If you have an issue with uh, anger, you have an issue with depression, you have an issue with financial, you have an issue with, um, uh, you know, keeping things from people, lying, honesty, timeliness, those issues internally really flare up when you're a parent. And they really flare up if you're a co-parent um, big time because then you're literally responding to the things that you are not proud of versus things that are truly going to be, because you're, you're trying to like make yourself feel good in the situation. Absolutely. And parenting is the, is the one thing that will make you feel the worst about yourself. Terrible, doing it's, it all wrong. Right, exactly. So you throw on top of that addiction or you have a gambling issue or you are bad with money or time or whatever it is, man, you're, you're a mess, you're a wreck. How can you, this is the analogy of, um, you know, on the airplane, they always tell you, if you, if you ever listen to the whole spiel, right? Most people, when it's like, hey, we're about to talk about the safety thing, everyone's like, okay, I got five more minutes on the phone, like, keep talking. But if you listen to it, they always tell you, if the oxygen mask come down, if you want to help granny or whoever next to you, put it on yourself first. Don't help them, because then you're risking both of y'all's lives, and nobody can help each other. It's the same thing as a lifeguard. Like, you don't just jump in there. Like you, you got to make sure that you're safe too, before you help somebody else. So the airplane analogy is like, man, I put the mask on myself. Are we putting the mask on ourselves first, and then helping our kids? Or are we just trying to help them because we think something we're doing is going to also save? I mean, it just doesn't work like that, you know. And the quicker I think, dad specifically come to that realization, the easier it is. And here's the the irony is dads think that okay if i work on myself that means i can't do the things i like i can't go hang out with my friends i can't exercise like man how many times you hear that excuse of like i don't have time to do that i got kids i got a little league i got got all this stuff but it just becomes like hey um for me personally like i'm a if you let me go i'm like i i float with the wind i will do whatever on a given day i will wake up and I'm just flowing, like, I'll do this here for a little bit. I'll do that for 20 minutes. I'll get over here. Oh, it's lunchtime. Okay, dude. I, 
I could operate with zero, so like an itinerary at, va at vacation time is my ultimate nightmare. If I go on vacation, somebody hands me an itinerary, I'm like, I'm gonna fake a sickness and then just not go do anything. That's literally what I'll do. And so my, 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 my in-laws all know that. So they're like, don't give Dean an itinerary, just give him rough windows of time. And so, and that's, that was me. So when it came to becoming a dad, my biggest issue was like, oh, they're robbing me of all my time. Well, it's because I wasn't structured with my time. So then I had to really get to a point of saying, okay, well, you don't get to have all day to do one thing. You have to really compartmentalize. And again, th that's just a small snippet of like things that you, it's a, it was a minor change. I mean, and- looking, For the better. Right, and looking back at it, I'm like, I'm an adult. Like, you can make that change. Like people are like, oh, I can't do it overnight. Yeah, you really can. I mean, you're an adult. Like, it's when you say, hey, um, and, it doesn't matter if you want to or not, but some people are always complaining, I want to lose like 10 pounds. Just don't eat junk food. Uh, it's going to take me a while. To get you. You're an adult. You can do it. You I really can't can. be without bread. Right. I can't give up bread. But then that's okay because then you know that, hey, I'm the same way. Like I eat a bowl of cereal every day. So am I going to have 6% body fat? No, because you can't doing that. And that's okay. Well, that's the excuse I'd <laughs> always okay. hear is, is like, they're like, how do I lose weight? I'm like, well, you know, change what you eat like right. maybe don't eat don't eat any any grains right or like give up bread or or give up well i can't i, I can't give up bread or I, I could never give up cheese well then don't give up those 10 pounds yeah then you're fine you're fine yeah. the way you are that's a whole new that's a whole nother that's a dad bod podcast that we can start next week but yeah that's yeah. literally like the same i mean but you you relay that into how you parent it's the same deal like if you don't, and Kelly and I are just going through this right now where we're setting all these ground rules and structure for our kids because, you know, I mean, they get into the summer mode and it's like, I mean, it, it, a couple of our kids, if you don't tell them to, they'll never get dressed. They, they'll wear the same pajamas for like a week. They walk by you and you know they haven't brushed their teeth all oh, day. Oh man, you, can, like, just, you, you can just tell, right? And then they're like, oh, and then like, oh, I'm in a bad mood. I don't want to, yeah, because you have, there's no structure there. And so Kelly and I really just started doing this thing where it's like, okay, listen, every morning you got to get dressed, make your bed, brush it. And it sounds even silly to, to say that. And almost to a point like, oh, why don't we start this sooner? But again, that structure, again, just, it literally makes them in a better mood because they realized not only have I accomplished something already before I even started my day, but it puts order in their life to where if you stay in pajamas, you have a pajama man mindset. If I wear PJs all day, I know that I'm not doing anything productive and I'm just gonna be a mush bowl for the rest of the day. Even if you put your clothes on, like normal street clothes, brush your teeth and then go watch TV, you at least feel like, man, I'm, I'm not in the mentality of just, I can go to sleep at any time. I'm like actually awake. So again, those are all these little internal things that I think like for, where like to help guys rewire it's like guys love to tinker and fix but it's one of those things that it's really intimidating to tinker and fix yourself it's really easy to say oh well you know lawnmower is broken let me go tinker and fix that okay i need to build a table let me go do that i'll tinker on everything else but the second you let guys be alone with themselves they're like "Ooh, yeah i don't want to mess with that i don't want to mess with that tinkering like, that's oh. their fault yeah, exactly. You start justifying oh, this stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. And I'm good at that. I can rationalize. Anything. I'm, I mean, it's 
it's you give me a few minutes and I can come up with the perfect roadmap to why this is a good idea that I just either bought this, said that, did that, or I'm mad at that person. That's it. You know? and, and you talk about the making your bed thing. I've said this, I've said this many times and I tell it to anybody that'll listen, you know, esteem comes from a steamable ax mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, the whole making your bed thing. That's, that's huge. Like I, we get up and we make our bed. I, my wife gets up after me several hours after me just because of the way our schedules are and i have to get up really early so i don't have to make the bed anymore but if i'm there you know we're yeah. making she makes it um my daughter makes the bed and and the reason is because it's a win like you said i mean you're accomplishing something that's the first thing yeah you're it's starting your day you, being productive right and then it's done right and and you can you can go through the day with just a whole different attitude and you talk about pajamas and stuff. When I see people wearing pajama pants in public, especially men, I'm thinking, <laughs> what? How did you give up? Like, yeah, that like, was it. Like you're Threw third, in the towel. You're 37. Throw in the towel. I'm done. Mid 30s. How yeah. have you already been beaten? I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> you have all your limbs and you're walking upright and you're and you're drinking Starbucks and you're on your phone. So it's not like you're impoverished and right, right. You're homeless. Not, you're not. <laughs> You're not in poverty mode. Yeah, you're just, it's a poverty mindset, you know? It's, a, it's that mindset of like, well, this is, again, I, I get being comfortable. Sure. But again, that's the thing. You can be comfortable and also just be organized, you mm-hmm. know? And again, that, you know, I, I say all this, and again, we work on our kids with it. But here's the magical thing about it. When we make our kids do it, it puts another precedence on us. And especially me, as a man in the house, it's like, okay, I can't slip. Like, I really have to bring it myself. Like, not only am I, it, nothing will diminish your authority more than when you tell somebody to do something or you show them a way. And then when they see you and you don't do it, you don't uphold it, it's like, no way. You go to a cardiologist and they tell you to stop smoking and he's 100 pounds overweight smoking. It smells like, like Okay, hey, like, I can't, like, I can't really take you seriously right how many how many times have we seen that or you go to a you go to a a, a gym and and the trainers aren't in shape you're like you're you're in worse shape than me how how am i going to get in shape like i don't know if i can trust you i mean that can't be more uh, of a thing for a, a parent a dad especially uh, i just read this really awesome book called uh no more mr nice guy i forget the the guy who wrote it um but it was a great book that kind of outlines why men act the way we do now. And it's about a time period thing. It's not a generational thing. It's about right here in our time period, our, us as men have been, have been essentially bred by society to act the way we do, to have the characteristics that we have. And so not to give away most of the book, I think it's a fascinating read. Um, I'll have to figure out who the, the author was. But... Um, it essentially talks about our interactions with other men, which all, oftentimes really lack. There's not a lot of men's groups. Men don't hang out with each other in our time period nearly as much as we should. I mean, there's not the, I mean, I know there are like fraternities and things like that, but there's not fellowship in the sense of like, I mean, I'll take it, I'll kick it real old school. I'm talking like Jesus and the apostles fellowship where like there's literally a, a man who is somewhat the leader of a crew that everyone is kind of working together to learn something from 
there's just not those types of relationships or even a relationship where guys just get to get to be together and share their things that they're going through be vulnerable like can you be vulnerable around other men that's a hard thing because a, a lot of what society is bred into us is normally your relationship with your fathers you don't have that you, you don't have that capacity where you're not as a man you're not you're not able to be vulnerable around your dad. Now, for some of the, the guys that had that relationship with their fathers, they you can almost tell they act in a totally different way. And it's almost somewhat like envious if you didn't have that. Like, whoa, like, how's that guy doing? Man, he was really, you know, he's really graceful with that. Like, oh, where, where was I? Like, why did I flip out? And he didn't. And so, anyway, this book is fascinating about that. And, uh, and I think that the... The one thing that I think guys need to give themselves a little bit of slack too is, hey, we, we are just as impacted by our upbringing, our nurturing as anybody else's. So again, then you turn that to say, well, I have to be very much aware of how I'm nurturing the nature you know, of my kids as they're getting older, because then you start seeing the impact and the implications of how you act. I'm not saying you gotta like get a microscope out and everything you do, you gotta scrub and be like, oh man, I'm doing all this stuff wrong. But it's just an overall awareness. Like it's, and I, th I think it's like a sliding scale. Like you might at one point go, wow, I'm really getting really hard on them about like the stuff that they're eating. Okay, well, I'm gonna back off a Or you know what, I'm like, I get set off a lot if they are just watching TV. Okay, maybe I need to like shift myself or, you know, I'm really getting getting really wound up about X, Y, and Z. And so, again, it's always kind of this, if you always, if you think something's wrong, look inside and it's like, okay, uh, if I change myself a little bit, I think the situation will get a little better. I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, speaking to the thing about fellowship, you know, I, I don't care to talk about the weather. I'm not a small talk kind of guy. Yeah, go you know, outside. There, this is the way. Yeah, you know, I don't, it's hot. I don't want to talk about football. I don't. I just don't care about that stuff. And you right. know, there's a lot of guys, and that's kind of that's how guys are taught to interact with each other. Oh yeah. Like my father-in-law. Um, every time I see him, I'll sit down, and he'll talk about the weather, and and then he'll ask me about the Cowboys, and I just kind of look at him and shrug like. I'm not. I don't know, man. I couldn't even tell you the starting lineup. Yeah. And not against anybody that, that watches or talks about football. Um, but that's just not my thing, you know? Sure. So, like, the stuff that really speaks to me and really makes my, my soul light up is let's talk about some deep stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about how we can be better. Because I need that. It's not because I think I am better. It's because I know that I need to be better. Yeah. So anything that I can pick up for free along the way, I'm going to take. Sure. Some of the greatest stuff I've learned is just people have said things to me and just drop little nuggets yeah, on me, yeah. just talking to them, but talking real and, and kicking each other the real deal. You know, it, don't call me your brother. And I think people throw that term around way too loosely, but don't call me your brother if you're not going to tell me the truth. And that yeah. means the truth about you yeah. and the truth about me. Do you think a lot of that comes from, like, you know, guys talk about sports or cars. My dad and I talk about cars all the time. Or things, or we go and do a project together. I think those are great physical acts of bonding. Mm -hmm. um, what, why, why do you think it is, like, that's that, that almost that physical type of bonding? Because sports and cars and machines, those are very physical things in nature. Why do you think those replace... You think it's because guys just 
those guys haven't uh, you know taken the time to do some internal processing is it because they're afraid of what they're going to see inside you know um is it because they don't they just or they because i seriously genuinely think there's some really nice guys out there that are like man i just love sports and that's all i want to talk about you know and so but I, do, I know what you mean. You can, you can almost distinguish when it's like, hey, you're just talking about the surface stuff because you don't want to really engage, right? It, this is just enough of fluff. It's like a good 15, 20-minute filler, and then it's dinner time, and then we don't have to talk anymore. Like, okay. It's just chewing air. It's sitting room talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I, I, I agree with you, and I want to be clear. Like, um, I imagine that there's a, a fraternal order to all of that. So if people have played football together, then they're going to talk about football. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's something that everybody's interested in it's easy it's uh you know you can really kick up a conversation you know i'll sit there and listen to guys that will talk about it and and i mean they'll talk in depth. sure so who am i to say sure that that's yeah, yeah. right or wrong i'm for me personally you know it's 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 hard for me to connect that way but i love sports you know but i i like i mean the sports i like are like bow hunting and right right you know, mountain biking and there's not a whole lot that you can really converse about right? Um, if the person is not into that. So, or CrossFit, you know, but nobody wants to hear about CrossFit anymore. They, yeah, <laughs> when they hear enough of it now, yeah. now it's like, don't be the annoying CrossFit guy at the party. You're yeah. like, uh, like, yeah, you just can't even bring it up. If I see a guy wearing nanos at a party, I go you're, the other direction. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. He's not kidding, actually. So the... Um, um, that and Vibrams, Vibram Five Fingers. Guys, let's tell another podcast, but stop wearing Vibram Five Fingers. I have a couple of buddies that wear them, and it's... Yeah. But, hey, it makes them yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. that's the whole thing yeah. on something like that. Yeah. And I have to learn, you know, because, again, what the hell do I know? But it doesn't matter if they work. It works for them. It, it, it does. It makes them happy. It makes them feel connected. It's it's serving whatever purpose they want them to serve. One guy I know in particular, um, uh, Kevin, who owns uh, the Fort Worth Float Company, and it's a sensory deprivation tank in Fort Worth, Texas. And so he wears them, but but Kevin's like, just, well, that, yeah, that's a sensory thing. Yeah, that's yeah, a he's just a hippie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's into jujitsu. He's really good yeah. at it. You know, I mean, he's he's super sweet guy, and and it's just like so. When I see him wearing them. I'm like, that was the closest thing to if, barefoot. It, it fits, yeah. That's the closest thing you get it to barefoot. But, um, yeah. Anyways, so back to that other deal. I I don't I don't I I know that anytime anybody can find a way to relate to somebody, that they're just really looking for that connection. So maybe I need to work on how judgmental I am about that because you talk about cars and machines and things like that. You know, if someone's like, if you see guys that serve together or they're both in the military. Mm -hmm. That's 10 hours that's, that's, that's of it. conversation they can have right. and that's, nobody else exists. Right. You know, if you and I are both into cars, we can instantly start talking yeah. about cars. If two guys are in football, into football, then they can instantly start talking about that. But does it go any deeper than that? Right. You know, do, do the guys that are talking about their time in the service, you know, and they're going back and forth telling war stories and talking about where they've been and what they've done. Do they go any deeper than that? Yeah. Do they say, hey, man, um, do you have nightmares? Yeah, that's good. Do you know what gun oil tastes like? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. And they have a whole different conversation. 
you know, uh, the guys that are talking about football, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the guy that only talks to his dad about football, it's like, hey, dad, how can, can we talk about something else? Yeah. What was your childhood like? Yeah. How was your relationship with your dad? You know, do you, do you trust me enough to be honest with me? Yeah, yeah. Things That's like that. Good. That's how I start looking at it. You know, with Abby, I'm a high-strung guy, and I constantly work on that. So whether it's getting off of caffeine, and she got to see that whole process, and she knew why, and she was clocking me. She's like, Dad, how many days has it been? And, uh, you know, I mean, because there's a lot of recovery in our household, so it's like days and months and years. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was the greatest time ever because I was so calm and productive and full of energy when I was off caffeine. But I kind of got to a point and I was like, I'm going to try it again and see if it works like it's supposed yeah, to. Dude. And, it, and it doesn't. And so. Um, I just, I bought you an Americano. So I'm just literally, you should have told me. That's like, it's, it's like. Well, I didn't come in here like scratching my chest. Okay, like, hey, okay, man, I need okay. a hit. You yeah, know, okay, I mean, I was drinking good. coffee on the way over. I'm back on the caffeine train. I'm just waiting for my next stop to get off. <laughs> but it, it's, I found that I was so much better at being a dad when I could be more connected and more, more present with her. And, and she gets to see me 100%. I don't take her through, you know, the roller coaster of things that go on inside me because I don't want anybody to see that. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a select few that have worked with me through that process and that's not for a child, but she gets to see me 100%. She asked me a question. I give her an answer. You know, um, she'll say, Dad, um, why don't you, why did you and mom split up? That's been a big question. Yeah. And, you know, her mom and I already kind of had a, a set answer that we discussed and that we um, agreed was the best way to go about it. But, of course, for a 12-year-old, that wasn't enough. So yeah, she wanted sure. more. And I said, you know, we'll talk about it more when the time is right. She'll ask me other questions about why is this person no longer in your life? And it's, well, babe, because I'm not going to spend around, spend time around people that don't add to my soul. If someone turns out to be someone I didn't think they were, yeah, they're not willing to change. They got to go. And I always want to be vulnerable with her and let her see me. You know, I'm, I'm not scared to let her see me upset or cry or talk yeah. to her about that stuff. And, you know, it's a, it's, I, I don't know how to navigate through those waters. And I think most men don't. You know, I think we were told we're not supposed to cry. We're not supposed to talk right. about those things. And it doesn't mean I'm just freaking walking around the house sobbing all the time because, <laughs> right. you know, my shirts are getting too tight. Right. <laughs> um, but it, 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 it just means that I, I, I want to make sure that she knows what emotional availability looks like. Because I've known some pretty emotionally closed off people. And I think as dads, we talk about how we're supposed to be the protectors. Sure. We're supposed to be the providers. We're supposed to do this and we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to fix the sink. Right. You know, and all these things. But we got to make sure we're fixing everything in the house. And that includes ourselves. Yeah, no, so absolutely. That, so that our, our kids, our daughters especially, um, choose people that are emotionally available. And yeah, that can connect with them. That's a great point. Especially, I think, guys with daughters. Man, I mean, I, every day... You know, you see somebody, you see a girl that's a woman that's going through stuff and choosing the, the, the way, the life that they want to choose. And you're just going, 
I pray to God that that's not my child. Now, again, you can't control everything, but you can definitely influence or be an influence one way or the other. And so I think what you said is super important about um, that being vulnerable. Being vulnerable, I think tapping into your emotions, it's it's like a muscle that can be trained. It's like anything else. Like the first time you do... Uh, a deadlift you're like well what's going on my body's about to blow up then in the course of time you do it more and more and more and your body's like i know exactly what's about to happen and i'm trained and i know how to fire fire the muscles in the right sequences he won't get hurt blah 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 now we can push ourselves a little bit we can go heavier now we're going one rep max wow this is crazy we can go faster and so i think it's the same thing like accessing your emotional vulnerability is a is a muscle to be trained the first time a guy does it you just think something's wrong with me like oh my hormone levels are off i need to go see the doctor like it's clearly i've cried twice in one week like there's no way i I have low t i have low t it's no you don't it's just maybe you do (laughs) i don't know but it's like no i don't you just have to understand that like it's almost one of those things that like when you get to the point where you can access it quickly like you can deadlift something off the ground quickly without having to think about it, a large load and move it, it's great because then you know that I'm getting to this point where I'm getting well-versed in being this way and I can live there and not be afraid of the repercussions of what going into that will be. Um, and so it, I think it's, a, it's definitely a thing where it's just repetition. The more you can get yourself into that situation then the better it is for you because then you know how to respond next time, you know what it feels like, and then you know that the outcome isn't very severe or like this is a life-threatening thing. It's just literally saying this is an area of my brain that I've never tapped into or just a, a way of thinking that I've never tapped into. Now it becomes very commonplace. I agree with you. Like showing emotion, showing vulnerability, and especially letting your kids know like, hey, that, you know, what happened there, that really hurt dad. Or, you know, what you said to me didn't make me feel great. I think when they see that, it's another thing where then men aren't looked as, because I think at the same time, men are looked at by society as a certain way, like, oh, they don't have emotions or they, it doesn't, or, or we're excused for certain things because we're emotionless. Like, for example, um, if you, if there's a promiscuous woman still in this society, they're they're deemed as a certain, you're a blank, right? A promiscuous a promiscuous man is like he's uh, he's awesome. Like look at him, he's just like he's like the lion. He's the king of the of the kingdom. But why is that? Like why why do we get that excuse as men for being promiscuous as an acceptable thing or as a more acceptable acceptable thing than women being that way? A lot of it is because we are already labeled as we're emotionally numb. So, oh, when he's out and he's with another girl every night, well, he doesn't know any better because he's just thinking with his other brain. But it's like, wait a minute, that's just an excuse for for men in general to be irresponsible because society has labeled us as being emotionally inept. But if we were actually emotionally tapped in, we would know that that is an inappropriate thing to do and that is just as bad if a man does it or a woman does it and it doesn't really matter what the context is and so we don't have that excuse and we shouldn't have that excuse of just being well they just don't know any better boys will be boys yeah but we we, we, yeah we we will know better we should know better and that 
again, I'm just using that as an example because it's kind of a prevalent thing um, in society with dating and all that. But like with most things, like guys are just like, hey, we're not uh, we're not equipped to be in these certain roles. For me, uh, you know, Kelly and I, we both work from home, so I'm around the kids a lot. And I even give myself that excuse. And I'll tell Kelly all the time, like, I am not, I'm a man. I'm not wired to be at home with the kids, like, three hours a day. Why, why am I not wired that way? Like, that doesn't, is the second I say that, I have to almost think, like, wait a minute, what does that even mean? Does that make sense? Like, like that doesn't, it, maybe there's not as big of a biological component that we think about the male gender because we're not actually beasts. We're not just, we're not lions and tigers and gorillas and apes. We're actually humans that have souls and are in a different category. So it's just one of those things that I think even that, like being more tapped into the deeper channels of your soul and your emotion will start stripping away those layers of, well, I'm supposed to act like this as a man. I mean, it gets to the point where you're like, there is no reason why I should be ashamed when someone in public calls me, oh, so you're Mr. Mom, you've got the kids like 10.30 in the morning and you're at a you know, frozen yogurt place. You're like, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's literally nothing wrong with it. But again, if you don't peel back those layers of like self-process that you start believing those almost lies of like, well, I'm, I'm supposed to be the man of the house. I'm not supposed to be around the kids. I'm supposed to be getting a download from my wife on how my kids act. I don't, it's not the other way around. I'm not supposed to take them to do X, Y, and Z unless it's a special father-daughter day. It's like, man, father-daughter day should be like every day. Like, you know, it's like, it's like Valentine's day. Like, oh, this is the one time of year that I'm going to honor my, my spouse or significant other. Where's the other 364 days, right? It's like, we make it a point not to celebrate Valentine's day for that reason. Right. I mean, it's just like, this is such a, it's such a gimmick, right? You know, it's anyway, but I mean, so again, it, it kind of is one of those things that I think uh, the larger battle here, and, and I admire what you're doing because it's a, it's a bigger mountain than I think, I even think maybe you, you thought it was, because it, it, it transcends kind of this just guys and um, fathers and dads. It goes into like really the male gender, and then the next layer of that is just how society v- views the male gender. I think uh, as there's as much of, um, when women talk about there's still like inequality with women and all this, there is, and, and I'm not trying to like sensationalize guys and try to try to make something that, that doesn't exist, but there's a, an equal pressure on the men's side to be a certain way too, that I think if both sides would just normalize a little bit, I think you would feel more equality. I think more than ever this time, like guys, their their role is still very, very, I feel like very archaic. The, the view on a man is still 40, 50, 60 years outdated the same way the view on women are. I think equality now it has been a physical equality. There's been physical equality in that, sure, guys, more guys are... Um, staying at home and taking care of kids. More women are being working as professional, but that that hasn't changed. I think the societal view. I don't. I think there's been a physical equality there. Where okay, but deep down, I don't know if it's changed hearts yet. You know, I don't know if truly society's been like, yeah, it's 
we're going to really celebrate, you know, Mr. Mom. And we're really going to celebrate the woman at the top of the food chain at the corporations. Now, again, personally, I have no problems with either. But I'm just saying on a larger scale, I don't know if society in general, they're, they say it's there, but is it really there, you know? It's, it's, it, it, I'm sure it's transitioning that way, yeah. but the, there's a lot of double standards. Going all the way back to what you talked about with the promiscuity. There's a ton of double standards there. Yeah, like oh, one yeah. is celebrated and one is damned, you know. Mm-hmm. And why can't that woman be celebrated for being independent enough to not have to check that box of, you know, uh, I followed this guideline. You know, she's doing it her way. Regardless if it's your way or, exactly. you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. she's doing it her way. And what makes her happy, it doesn't mean that she's an emotionally stunted individual Correct. that's trying to fill a hole. You right. know, and, and just like it doesn't mean that that dude is, you know, just out there trying to conquer everything right. to, because he feels less than maybe it's just what they want to do. And why is it any of our business? Right. You know, and also there's a ton of equal, inequality, you know, that the uh, because like my wife works in a in a male dominated industry and it's a straight up good old boy network. And I mean, she has to navigate through that with oh, grace. Yeah. And unfortunately, Fortunately, she's so good at what she does and such a force that she doesn't really, she doesn't have to do any posturing or anything like that. Like her actions kind of, kind yeah, that's of, great. kind of do all the that's talking. Great. And one thing that you said about the yogurt, right? I would love, I would love to have my life set up to where I get to go pick up my daughter and and take her to go do these things. What really bothers me is when people say, it must be nice. Hey, where are you going this week? I'm taking my daughter to Mexico. Oh, that must be nice. It, it is actually, it's quite freaking <laughs> wonderful. Um, you know, just that kind of, that jealousy or that, right. you didn't make decisions that got you to that point. Like, right. And so that can back up to what drives you daily? What are you operate? What, what belief system are you operating under to where you think that you have to be up at four 30 and not get home until nine and not see your kids and go in there and kiss them goodnight as they're already asleep. And then, and then feel like that that's, that's what you have to do and to do it six days a week. Is it yeah. money? Right. So is that bank account defining you? Is that making you a man? Um, are conquering all these things making you a man? It's just, I look at all that kind of like, well, what do you want to do? Yeah. What makes you happy? So, I mean, obviously what you wanted to do was get out of the gym business and be a little bit more free and work from home and probably not have to get up at 5 a.m. for morning classes or when did you were you one of those coaches yeah, that got I up coach at like early. four? I'm I'm naturally just an early morning. It's funny you mention that because I still get up at the same time, and but you know it sets me to where it's like I get all my stuff out of the way. You know, where I'm I'm just in the habit of getting up at four forty five five. Right. And it's kind of like between that and until eight thirty. That's my time. So if I want to exercise or work out, that's when I do it all. If I want to, if I just want a short workout, man, I I'll get up at seven and do my thing, and then eight thirty rolls around. If I want to, like today, I wanted to go for a long ride before we ha- did this, so I got up at five, rode my bike, rode it here, do our thing, and then we're good. And um, most mornings, it looks like I get up, um, I 
get on my phone. I do a little daily devotional. I read, I read the Bible a little bit. Journal if I got something to write down. I go on my long runs or long rides. Work out some guys if I if I want to in the morning. Catch an early class and then get home and I'm set for my like I got mine. You're primed. I got mine. You know, like when guys are like oh, I gotta get my space. That's my space. You put your oxygen mask on That's first. That's it. That's it. That's it. That was my O2 mask and I'm and I'm set and I'm ready to help and do whatever I need to do. And so, um, but I, I I agree with you. Like you get to that point where you have to realize like. Okay, what is what what is the most you know valuable thing to you, right? What what is defining you? And again, if you if someone says money is defining who I am, then that's great. Go do that. But but like you said, don't 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 put it on me when I'm taking a week off with my kid in Mexico or wherever I'm taking them. Or hey, don't look down on me when I'm taking my kid in the middle of the day to the aquarium or to wherever, right? You don't know that I got up at four. Correct. To get that done. Right, and you are the one that said money was the one that is driving you, and that's great. And I think, it, it again, that becomes seasonal too. There are certain seasons where it's like, hey, we gotta focus on our home finances, so we're gonna work really hard, so some of the other stuff we gotta put off for a little bit. Okay, we're not taking a vacation this year. We're not doing, hey, that's totally cool, but Again, you can't say, well, we're in the season of, you know, like, like you'd mentioned, like, you know, getting your finances in order. Like my wife and I are always in a season like we just got out of a season of getting us had a, a lot of credit card debt so we can buy a house and remodel it and then put our kid through the schooling that she needs. OK, great. But when we do that, we're not looking back at other people. And going, oh, I can't believe you're taking a vacation with your kids. Why can't we do that? Well. The, why can't we do that? Because your choices. We made, cho- right, we made a choice to not do that because we needed to allocate the finances somewhere else. And so, uh, and again, I, I think it's I think it's awesome. There, are, I know a lot of friends that are investment bankers or in that industry that get up super early. They grind. They like I don't know what they're doing. They're like it's like monopoly on a big scale kind of thing. What are they doing? And then that's great. And um, the ones that I respect the most are ones are like yeah, man, that's my grind and. Again, I don't have time to like like work out like you do all the time. I don't care. Uh, I don't have to, you know. I don't. My dynamic. My kids are different. Like I, I, when I get home at five, like I'm with them for two hours, jam packed. Oh, cool. Before they go to bed. That's awesome. I respect that. But it gets kind of that point where like, oh, the grass is greener kind of thing. You're like, well, I wish I could do that. Or if I were like, man, I wish I worked. I, I wish I made a half a million dollars a year. Well, I could. But then I would have to give up all this other stuff. But that's not what I want to do. So I'm cool with it. I'm cool with not making a half a million dollars a year. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that's, it, it, again, it's, it's all about, again, once you plant yourself in what you're doing, you're saying that this is my goal. This is what I want to accomplish. And that's great that other people are doing different things. But again, that's not where, that's not where, I'm at, where I am in my life or in my season. Or it might never be something that you're you're wanting to do. For my wife and I, we, we got to the point where we realized, like, um, and we, we had a nanny for our babies for a little while, and um, we just, I mean, again, she was great, but, you know, she just weren't doing some of the things that we really wanted her to do. And so we kind of had to do this reevaluation of all that. And in the time being, it's just her and I all the time with the kiddos. We just balance it. And, man, it's been the greatest thing ever because, man, there's so many things about ourselves that are like, man, 
Like, it was so easy to be like, oh, let's just, you know, tomorrow the nanny will be here. Cool. And we're out of here. And like, you know, she can deal with it. Well, I mean, these are some, again, it's like you're talking about the grandparents. Like, the nanny's grandparents are all the same. They're like, I'm just here for just to kind of make sure they don't kill themselves or get hurt. And then peace out. Y'all's responsibility. And then again, it's much like a a man looking into themselves going, "What, what have I really done to change myself? We as parents go, what have we really done to like make the kids better, right? And so it's been such a great um, period of time for us to like really get introspective with, hey, how are our kids, like what's their behavior like? Their behavior is directly related to how we act around them. Okay, well, how, why, why are they acting this way or why are they out of control? Well, hey, just we need to control some of that. And so again, I mean, that, that goes with, I think, yeah, it's perfect timing and planning with kind of how we've navigated everything. And um, I, yeah, I, I couldn't be more satisfied or content with the season I'm in. It doesn't mean that I don't have goals or aspirations to do other things. It just means that like right now, like this moment, this second, there's not a single thing I would change. There's not a single thing I would change about what we're doing. And that includes being okay with change. I know things are going to change when the school year starts back up. And then Kelly and I have other goals and ideas of what we want to do with our businesses. And and that's great. But again, I think sometimes like that's another thing about guys. We're just impatient. We're like, man, we want it right now. We want everything. We want, want everything right now versus saying, hey, if I just wait it out just a little bit. Things will come, situations will change, we'll have more time, we'll have this, that, or another. And so, again, I, I just love being exactly where I am right now, you know? A lot of guys can't say that. <clears throat> and, you know, um, talk about the summer and then the school year, your kids don't care where your business is at. No, they don't. They care where you're at. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And are you with them? Yeah. Are you home? Like, it doesn't mean you have to be home with them all the time. Right. So if you're out there, like, if you're one of those guys that's out there 21 on and 21 off. Yeah. I'm not bashing any of those guys. You know, everybody's got their own setup. I work a lot of hours, and I have to really struggle to 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 see Abby. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of FaceTiming. There's a lot of calling her every day and texting her and just staying connected and just dropping by her mom's house. But that's it. Yeah, when I call first and make sure it's okay. But, um, you know, going back to the, you put the oxygen mask on your, on yourself, you know, um, a lot of guys, I love what you said about, I get up early and I take care of my stuff first. Don't tell me you don't have time. You just, you, you just don't want to do it. Like, don't tell me that I wish I could do that. It must be nice. You know, if I had this amount of time, I could, I could work out or I could do that make the choice like if you want your kids to be healthy happy and and emotionally available and and um you know have uh uh, good relationships with food and finances and and things like that then you need to be this tip of the spear and you need to guide them and show them what that looks like yeah and oftentimes that that tip of the spear is scary because you're actually going this is the first time i've had to be really strict with blank right and we're like hey we're gonna we're gonna all like we're gonna eat healthier we're not gonna eat out we're not gonna eat out and you're going oh man i go out to eat every day for lunch you know and so and and that that's the kind of thing that i think is so great like i think it's a a, a, what what a great blessing to be a a father or a parent i mean because again 
you can either allow, you can either be, like I always say, you can either be a babysitter or you can actually be a parent here. If you're a babysitter, that means you don't got to work on any of your stuff. Babysitters, what do they do? They show up, put the kids to bed, put a movie on. Don't let and, them die. And, right, right. Don't let the house burn down and don't let them kill themselves. That's it. Okay, uh, I, I want more than that because when you become a parent, your calling on your life is no longer, you're babysitting. You're not... You're not just baby because you can't pass them off. They're yours. They are your kids to steward and take care of for the rest of their life and your life. There is no, there's no, again, I don't want to use the term escape, but there's no break. There is just no break. And that's not a bad thing because now within all that chaos and turmoil, you realize the, the real, like the real awesome part of that is you get to work on all your things because you have instant accountability. People put accountability on themselves all the time. They hire a coach. Oh, somebody's watching me. I'm paying a lot of money, so I gotta do this. Or they put it out there on social media. Well, I told everybody on Facebook I'm gonna do it, so I guess I have to do it. So I'm just gonna white knuckle this thing and then do what I said I did, I was gonna do. You know? But you have instant accountability that like never goes away. You get home and your kids are looking at you or what, they never, it never ends. And that's a great thing because, man, if, if more parents and guys specifically will look at that and say, oh, well, I got my wife's out, of, so I got to be with the kids for two, day, two days or you get I, I got to. two hours. Right. You're not Full. a babysitter. You're a parent. You, you, you are stewarding a life. You're not just babysitting that life. And so when you can take that mentality out of it and you realize, okay, hey, I'm not, I'm like, my needs are your needs are just as important so find a way to meet that like again if you're with your kids for 10 hours or one hour be present for that 10 or one whichever that is so whatever you need to do to be not present to get yours you got to find it you got to do it and again like you said like if you're an adult you got to get up early be an adult get up early right if you're an adult you got to stay up late because you got to finish work do that be an adult stay up late i got work to do after i put the kids to bed do it. I'm so, like, just do it. That's unfortunately what you have to do. I can guarantee you, if you need certain amount of private time a day, a week, a month, you can find it. You just have to do kind of this. You got to go through this checklist of what you're doing. Man, every Friday I go on happy hour with the guys for two hours, three hours. Maybe not every Friday, maybe once a month, maybe once every two months. Maybe you don't do that anymore at all. Like, that's where you can get your time because, again, like how valuable was that time to you? Or, or I'll say this, like the second, somebody really uh, said this, it was really awesome. Like when you get home to your family, but your mind is on something else or your device is on something else or you're checking your phone like every two seconds, you're literally bringing that into the room. So imagine if you come home from work and you're playing with your kids, but you're thinking about some client that client might as well be in the room with you. So Matt, picture that, like they're in the room with you, with your kids, how awkward is that? They're like, hey, we need to talk. Okay, well, let me, I gotta get over here with my kid, let's keep talking, you know? Um, so it, it doesn't work. But for some reason, when we feel like, oh, well, I'm, they're not here, or it's just on my phone, or I'm just thinking about it, that to me is just enough to throw you off. So again, my wife and I have this like, evolving balance and it's 
really, it's been really beautiful because there's this guilt placed on, I think sometimes when you're like, oh, well, I want to do my thing and I feel guilty because I'm taking up all this time or like, when's my wife going to get, uh, like, we, we also have to stop thinking about it that way in the sense like if, again, I always tell my wife, if I'm around 100% of the time and I don't get my separation, I'm 20% dad. But if I'm around like 60, 50, 40% of the time, I can be 100% dad because I've got that part of me that's fulfilled. I don't have to bring that into the room. I don't have to be like, oh, I didn't work out today, so I'm bringing my workout into the room when I'm hanging out with my kids, or I didn't get to, I didn't get to do my devotional, or, or even like just little things like spending time reading my Bible or praying. I don't have to bring that guilt into the situation with my kids, or man, I wanted to really sit down and have coffee or, or, or do a podcast chat with Ryan. I don't have to bring Ryan into the room with me with my kids. Like those are the kind of things that like once you establish those boundaries, and again, I'm I'm the last person that ever wants to establish boundaries. Again, like I like I told you earlier, I could just be flowing every day, just like, who cares? Going with the wind, like whatever. But again, you get to that point where you realize like that becomes very precious, very precious time that gets gets lost. And especially again for guys, take care of yourselves, you know. Self-care is important, and I think that's the one thing that we um, have been taught that we're not entitled to. Right. You know, um, you got to take care of yourself. I, I look at it like if nobody takes care of the cow and the cow dries up, then nobody gets to, nobody gets any that's help. That's right. You know what that's I'm saying? Right. So you got to take care of yourself. Man, I really appreciate you taking the time. Let's wrap yeah. this up. Thank you. Um, well, we could talk for, I'm literally talk for hours. Yeah. I can talk to you for hours. You're, you're great. Man, I love what you're doing. I literally could, like, we could talk for 12 hours. You know, and, and, and we can do this again. Well, brother, I appreciate you taking the Thank time. Thank you so much. I it mean, was definitely an honor. Man, it was, I, I'm very humbled to, to be mentioned for this and to do this. It was really awesome. Well, the honor is mine. And, um, yeah, so... Fellas, thank you so much for listening to the Circle of Dads podcast. Um, you know, we chase those kids till the day we die. Love runs downhill. You do not have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. Thanks. Thanks.